Hello and welcome to Plan for Life with Can Be Financial Advisors. I'm your host, Howard Kaplan. In these podcasts, you'll learn about various aspects of personal finance and investing from the advisors at Can Be Financial Advisors, a financial planning firm located in Framingham, Massachusetts. Since this podcast is being recorded in April, which is Financial Literacy Month, today's topic is Your Financial Literacy Toolkit. We're going to hear from three Canby financial advisors who are going to recommend resources both you and your children can use to become smarter about personal finances and investing. Our guests today are Dan Flanagan, Eric Christensen, and David Jager. Welcome, guys. Hey, Howard, for having us. Great to be here, Howard. Great, great to have you with us. So my guests have graciously informed me that Financial Literacy Month is a campaign organized by the Jumpstart Coalition to raise awareness about financial literacy and promote financial education among both adults and children. Now, I know that helping people get a better handle on their personal finances is what you all do for a living, but I'm sure over the course of your careers, you've come across a variety of books, websites, apps, and other resources you yourself use or recommend to friends, family members, and clients to increase their own financial literacy. So today, I'm going to ask you all to recommend your favorites. And we're going to start first with books. Since I'm a bookworm, let's start with your recommendations for books for both adults and children. Dan, I'm going to put you on the spot to go first. Great, I'm happy to, Howard. I actually have two, and I'll be fairly brief with the first one, but the first one's called The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas Stanley and William Danko. In 1999, I was on a cruise with my wife, brand new wife, uh, nine months into marriage, and I pulled up this book, and I just could not put it down. I could not put the book down, and of course, she didn't want to hear about finances on our on our uh, cruise, <laughs> but just the concept of you have this neighbor that, li- that lives next door to you and you don't even realize that they're multimillionaire because they're living in a small home, they're driving a regular car, they're not living a flashy lifestyle, which just blew me away. And it just led me down this path of wanting to be better at my own finances and um, learning to track my own expenses. And it just was a pretty revolutionary book for me as a just a young adult at the time and then a, a budding advisor in the marketplace. So It, it sounds it, Dan. The other book I wanted to mention is Smart Not Spoiled by Chad Willardson. And what I like about this book is, one, it's not very long. It's about 150 pages. It's a quick read. It hits like every major topic that you can imagine between income and spending and investments, compounding of interest, debt, good debt, bad debt. You know, um, good debt is um, you taking debt out on something that might appreciate and, and value like a, like a home or education. Bad debt being credit card debt because there's no credit cards, as we all know. It may be convenient, but there's no friction in your spending when you're using a credit card. The studies show that you spend actually 110% more when you're using a credit card versus cash. So it's okay to use it as a as a convenience, but it's not okay as an ongoing thing. So, you know, there's some stats in here that basically our kids graduate from high school understanding how to dissect a frog, but they don't know how to manage their own money. Or even even a you know a more profound um, statement the person made was, we're more comfortable talking to our kids about sex and drugs than we are about finances. And I thought, gosh, that really resonates with me. And this book really it gives pointers for all different ages too. If your kids are younger, you know, elementary school or, or younger, you know, having three jars, save, invest, give, is a great way for them to get going. 
and it just had a lot of age appropriate tips that I really appreciated. And I, um, you know, at some Buffett's um, quotes, investing is laying out money now to get more in the future. That's pretty basic, right? Warren Buffett, who doesn't love that? And another one about compounding, it talks about like, if you have a snowball and it's on a hill and it has to roll down, you know, compounding is that snow adding to the snowball to become a snowman, you know, the steepness steepness is time right and the snow is your is your money so probably better way to say it but i thought there was a lot of great pointers and i i honestly got a tremendous amount from it and and dan once again what's the name of that book smart not spoiled by chad willardson thank you dan how about you eric the one that i really like is the psychology of money and you probably have heard of uh, the motley fool and of course, you've heard of uh, obviously the Wall Street Journal. So Morgan Housel uh, takes just really hard concepts. So for instance, something that we're talking about all the time, really the eighth wonder of the world, they like to call compounding interest. And what he ends up doing is he spends some time going back to Warren Buffett. So this hit home with me so much. I love Warren Buffett. He's in his early 90s. He's the Oracle of Omaha. But at the same time, going through it, it just makes really hard concepts like the compounding of money just really straightforward. So what he talks about is, I don't know if everyone uh, knows this, but Buffett started investing when he was 10 years old. And Hmm. believe it or not, just 10 years old. And he ended up amassing a million dollars by the time he was 30. So that concept gets brought up. And I know he's an outstanding investor, but what Morgan Housel talks about is if he just worked from 30 when he had the million dollars to the age of 60, you know, he'd walk away with $11.9 million. Uh, So obviously that's a great amount of money, but really where he took off and really where compounding really uh, hit home is when he got over the age of 60. uh, If you look at the numbers nowadays over the past six months, he's at $84.5 billion. So we talk about compounding interest all the time, Howard, and when it comes down to it, it can be really hard to explain, but if you give a real-life example like Warren Buffett, it's something that really hits home with people. So I would say The Psychology of Money is is an outstanding book uh, that I'd highly recommend. Fantastic, Eric. Thank you so much. Uh, David, uh, do you have anything else to add to the list? I actually do, yeah. Thanks for asking. A Random Walk Down Wall Street by Burton Malkiel. It's a little bit of a polarizing book. Day traders don't really swear by it, but it's uh, it's more about there's no such thing as a get-quick-rich scheme. Um, it's all about long-term investing and that although there um, there's specialists out there on, on Wall Street, really anyone can, can invest and be just as successful. Um, it's really about having a plan and having long-term goals. A great thing about the book is that it, it, he actually gives you 10 points that you can follow through with at the end of the book. Everything from having set automatic investments. He talks about the pros and cons of renting versus owning your home. He talks about taxes that although asset allocation is incredibly important, asset location is also just as important. So a little bit more technical, but but it's definitely a good read. Definitely that the average investor can get something out of it. Fantastic. Thank you, gentlemen. 
So now, not everyone is necessarily a reader. So I would imagine there are a lot of online websites and apps you, your kids, or your clients are using to become smarter about money, or at least get a better handle on managing their finances. Are there any that you think are really useful? And we're talking here websites, apps, tools. Uh, David, as the firm's youngest advisor, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you first. I appreciate that. Yeah, I am the youngest here, and it's great. A couple great things that I like using, uh, Investopedia gives you a really quick overview about something if, you, if you're looking into it. Another great resource is actually, it's called the, um, the Harvard Financial Literacy, which is a website. It, it's, it's brought to you by, um, by Harvard University. And there are different sections about basic concepts like investing, taxes, saving, um, different little modules that people could go into and explore the concept a little bit better, a little bit deeper. Budgeting is something that people are looking into. There's a, a resource that's called Cube Money, spelled Q-U-B-E. It, it's digital envelopes is really how it is. So it shuffles money around for you. You're issued a debit card, um, but it really helps you stick to a budget if you're having a challenge with stick, sticking to your budget. Eric, I know that you're focused on educating participants in retirement plans. Other than what you teach them, have you found some good tools to help in their retirement planning? Well, it's from Advantage Publications, and it's called Paychecks Power Booster Calculator. I go way back into the 90s working uh, for a great company uh, within corporate America, and uh, I was an educational specialist. And one thing that we always use was educational calculators. So I, I know, you know, people aren't using those as much nowadays, but still at the same time, they're a great, valuable resource. I actually was in an event, I'm trying to think, it was before COVID, a couple of years ago, I was at the Boston Garden, and it was sponsored by another record keeper, and they were trying to help educate kids. And I have two, two sons, 15, and one's almost 18. And this calculator was pretty spectacular because what ends up happening is, it just gives you things that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. I know the classic is be careful of that latte. That's $5. So that, be that becomes lifestyle creep when you used to uh -oh. have co coffee, at, <laughs> coffee at home. So that can be 3 to 4 $5 a day. Then if you look at a movie ticket, that can be $15. So what's really cool about this calculator is it goes through it and it says, okay, if you, for instance, just if it's $4 a day, uh, one week, you're looking at $28. Over, you know, five years, it can be, you know, $7,000 that you're saving. So it lets kids see, look, this is what you would have if you don't spend X amount of dollars. It goes from anywhere from 4 to $20. And then the cool thing is when you flip it over, it says, okay, here's, and it just says interest. So it's very straightforward. 0% interest, this is what you'd end up with. 2% interest, this is what you'd end up with. And then finally, it says 5% interest. So I, I think it's great. I use it with my kids. I talk about it in educational meetings for anyone who has kids. And I have to say, it's not just for kids. It's, it's a great piece, and, and I highly recommend it. Thanks, Howard. Thanks, Eric. And uh, thanks, David. Uh, now, Dan, how about you? You told me you have a daughter in college. Are there any apps she's using to keep track of her spending? Well, that's a great question. So um, I traditionally would, would point people to Quicken and um, – that certainly is a great way to kind of track your expenses. You really got to kind of be into it. You can download things from credit card statements and bank statements and kind of categorize how you're spending and really 
it can be a little stressful when you first go through it, but the truth is it, it gives you options. You can say, like Eric was just saying, I'm spending money on what? And you can kind of start cutting things out. But my daughter, you know, is a little younger than me, obviously. She's I'm 50 and she's 18. And one app that she started using is uh, MoneyWise, which is a pretty cool um, newer app. It functions a lot like Mint and, and a lot of the other ones where you basically just you, you link your bank account to it. It tells you all the different transactions and you pick a category that goes to. But what I like about it, and I was just using it over the weekend, is in real time, the thing comes in and you can decide right then, okay, well, that was, um, you know, like Eric said, I, I bought my younger daughter the movies. Okay, so that was a movie expense and it makes you think right away after you've spent it, you know, was that a good call or was it not? Um, so I really like that new one. And as David was saying, you know, websites and things to look at. Honestly, I think the the Wall Street Journal, starting to read the Wall Street Journal was probably the, one of the most, it helped leapfrog my knowledge about finances when I started to read that. Of course, you have to be a certain age probably to get into it. But the Wall Street Journal is just a great, it's an encyclopedia of what's going on in the world and economically and it's a great way to start to kind of learn concepts on an ongoing basis daily basis so i'd recommend that absolutely i did that myself actually uh for years when i was growing up it was very very helpful you're right uh, dan thank you dan david and eric and now i want to talk about maybe beyond what you've discussed do you have advice or recommendations to help kids and their parents increase their financial literacy and uh, jump ball anybody can start um, yeah, I was just going to say, just talking about the, the value of money, really. Um, growing up, I was passionate about lacrosse and golf, neither of which are uh, terribly cheap sports. So whenever I wanted to go out and buy the newest lacrosse shaft or newest lacrosse head, it was really on me to uh, to foot the bill. Um, and early on, I was taught to just to save. My parents opened up a very simple passbook savings account for me at a local bank. Um, that I would deposit money into either if it was from jobs or maybe a Christmas or birthday. And just seeing that money grow, yeah, a little bit with interest. But then also when I went to go buy that lacrosse shaft, I had to go to the bank myself and withdraw the cash, go over to the sporting goods store. And I would get the shaft, I would be happy, but then I'd see the statement and I'd see that it was a little bit lower. So, I mean, it's just, it's learning really the value of money that you got to work towards it and it, it, it can help you get stuff. But at the same time, it's all about your priorities. You're making perfect sense, David. Eric, last but definitely not least on, on additional resources. I, I think your story, your personal story with money is what really resonates. So I say it all the time to my kids. My wife, Annie's so sick and tired of hearing it. But at the same time, when I was 13, I had a paper route. And I was able to go out there when I was 13, whether it was snowing or raining, I had to be available Monday through Saturday. And then from there, that really started teaching me about money because it was a firsthand experience. So as a parent, I know we all have our money stories. Bring those to the table to your kids and have those conversations about about what you do. Because I remember I had, I had 21 uh, homes that I went to, I increased that to 25, 35 because I wanted to make more than than twenty dollars a week. And then from there, when it was Christmas time, I was extra nice those last couple weeks because I was looking for just a little bit extra. I didn't just want five dollars; I wanted ten. So, 
if that's something that you enjoy doing, we, we all money is really important uh, to all of us. So I would just say your own story that you have when you share that with your kids, it really makes a difference and resonates. At least, I mean, I hope it does. I, I'm certainly trying, Howard. Oh, makes makes perfect sense. Also, Eric really does. Fantastic, folks. Well, we've reached the end of this episode, and I hope what you've heard today from Dan, Eric, and David will give you food for thought on how to increase your financial literacy all year round. Just so you know, a link to the resources discussed in this episode will be available in News and Insights section of canbefinancial.com under Articles. That's the News and Insights section of canbefinancial.com under Articles. Well, with that, I'd like to thank my guests, Dan, Eric, and David, for sharing their recommendations. Thank you guys so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Howard. Thanks so much for having us, Howard. Oh, our pleasure. Thank you so much. I'd also like to thank all of you for listening. If you have any comments or questions, please contact Canby Financial Advisors at info at canbefinancial.com. I'm Howard Kaplan. So long. Plan for Life with Canby Financial Advisors is a production of Canby Financial Advisors, which is solely responsible for its content. It is provided for general information purposes only and should not be interpreted as personalized financial advice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Canby Financial Advisors, 161 Worcester Road, Framingham, Mass. 01701. Visit our website at canbyfinancial.com. Securities and advisory services are offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, a registered investment advisor and member of FINRA and the SIPC. Financial planning services offered through Canby Financial Advisors are separate and unrelated to Commonwealth.